power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Please take your seats. We are delighted to have you say hi to somebody sitting by you. Somebody do it, do it. Look for somebody sitting by you. Let them feel comfortable by your side and let them know you are safe to sit by. To God be the glory. Amen. We are delighted to have great men and women in our midst. We thank God for Pastor Solo and Pastor John. Thank God for our administrator. Put your hands together, celebrate them. We bless God to have our father, Reverend Solomon Debo, and his wife, Reverend Mrs. Selina Debo. Put your hands together for them. Thank you very much. We are glad to have you in church. This morning, I'm delighted to, on the behalf of the senior pastorate of this house, be introducing the speaker to us this morning. And our daddy and mommy are indeed glued to this service as well, and are here in the premises, and they are, we are all going to be enjoying the service. Amen. I didn't hear your voice. I said, Amen. Now the Reverend Dr. Leslie Kokopon is no more a visitor here. The last time he was here and what a blessing it was. How many of you remember? Oh my goodness. That morning was something else. And we are delighted. And today will be greater because he's here with his wife. He's going to be another level. It's not the first level at all. The first level he was passing through. This one he has come. And the other thing about this one is that that time he was yet to be ordained. Now he has been ordained. The hand of God is fresh. When you were being ordained, I felt like getting ready to be ordained again. Because the hands that were laid on you, my goodness, what a blessing. Reverend Dr. Leslie Kwakupong is a minister of the gospel and is the head pastor of the Overflow Worship Center, a dynamic modern church based on Asian principles of the word of God. Let's put our hands together for him. We celebrate the grace of God on your life, man of God. By profession, he is a medical doctor specialized in the area of hematology and a part-time lecturer in three medical schools overseeing the training of undergraduates and postgraduate medical doctors. Are you clapping your hands? We celebrate you. We are delighted to have people like this in the kingdom. Reverend Dr. Leslie Kokopon is the president of the Worldwide Revival Foundation, a convener of the Fire Rally Movement of Change, and then daughter of Destiny Summit and several other revival movements across the several locations of our world. He is also a regular guest speaker of many conferences and revivals and crusades across nations put your hands together he's happily married as i told you he's here with his wife dr mrs marianne kokupon and blessed with two biological children and several spiritual children stand to your feet help me welcome to the podium of our father pastor eastwood the reverend dr leslie kokupon put your hands together as we receive his ministry thank you sir hallelujah just close your eyes, begin to bless the name of the Lord. Just bless his name. You can speak in the language of the Spirit. The Bible says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Just lift up your voice and edify yourself in the Spirit if you can. 
Rima hazada bakata na mazudi vreske pakata. Levere nelemele mazondo roshekele bara bahata bakata. la mazanda bahata kapana la hatasa. Shada ramara marama. Rabada branda la bazonde brekete se. Levere nelemele nelemele mazuka dabaka bakata la bazoka takamana na la hazone beka. Lepekele mana la mazabada bakapa. Shadele marana la can you lift up your right hand with me say this after me say in the name of jesus say this morning i declare that my heart is open i declare that my spirit is open say i declare that my mind is alert and ready to receive from the lord in the name of Jesus. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. Amen. The last time I came, I taught the fire assembly a way to clap. And I told them that just imagine the head of the devil in between your two hands. And as you put them together, you are smashing the head of the devil. Somebody put your hands together. Hallelujah. This is what it means when the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. I'm excited this morning to fellowship with you. Now I call this place home. When I come, I don't feel like a stranger anymore. I have to look for an Upper East name and add to mine. Hallelujah. And uh, I want to thank the, the leadership, the pastors, and especially my father and my mother in the Lord, Reverend Isudanaba and Reverend Rosemond Anaba, for giving me this opportunity to share the word of God with you. And um, more especially for doing me the honor of ordaining me on Friday. Indeed, that was the highlight of my life. Hallelujah. I remember when God instructed me to planned the church. I went to see Reverend Isud. I told him about it. And he prayed for me and commissioned me to start. You know, you can't start anything without a high authority commissioning you. Hallelujah. And um, down the line, now God has has deemed it fit for me to be ordained. And it's indeed an honor to be ordained by no other person but the Reverend Isud Anaba and the Reverend Mrs. Rosemond Anaba. Let's appreciate them, church. Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to share the word of God with you briefly. And uh, as you know, our theme for the month is the spirit of the Lord. And um, I'm going to go along the same lines. Turn your Bible with me to the book of First Samuel, the chapter number 16 and the verse number 13 1st Samuel the chapter number 16 and the verse number 13 now the Bible says then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the Lord somebody say the spirit of the Lord the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward so Samuel rose up and went to Ramah I'll take it again same verse 13 Then Samuel took the horn of oil 
and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the lord came upon david from that day forward so samuel rose up and went to ramah hallelujah now this is a very popular part of scripture where we know that god sent a certain prophet called samuel to the house of jesse and he went with an assignment to anoint the next king of israel when samuel went there trying to use his natural senses he thought it was Eliab, the eldest son of Jesse, who had been destined to sit on the throne of Israel. But God told him that that is not the one that I've chosen. The one I've chosen is not here. And that let them bring him and let everybody be on their feet until he has shown up in this place. And when he came, that is when what we just read happened. The Bible says the prophet took the horn of oil and anointed David and the spirit of the law somebody say the spirit of the law the spirit of the lord came upon him from that day onwards now this morning i want to tackle the subject of the spirit of the lord from a certain angle most of the time when we talk about the spirit of the lord our minds are in a particular direction when we talk about the operation of the spirit of the lord in the life of somebody our minds will go to preaching our minds will go to casting out devils. Our minds will go to prophesying. Our minds will go to the healing of the sick. But today, I want to look at it from another angle. Hallelujah. And that is not to say I am against those manifestations of the Spirit of God upon the life of a man. For those of you who were here during the ordination, I did mention the fact that the book reverend is another another wrote that had the most influence on me is the one on operating spiritual gifts so i am not one that is averse to the pneumaticals and the things of the spirit at all and i i say this in all humility that through reading that book and ministrations i've received from the man of god i've seen all nine of the gifts of the spirit that have been mentioned in first corinthians chapter 12 in operation in my life so i'm not one that is averse to that at all but today i want us to look at the concept of the spirit of god being upon a man from another angle hallelujah you see our god is so diverse we cannot put god in a bottle we cannot put god in a box we cannot limit god the power of god is limitless hallelujah i've said it several times that if i am asked for my name all i can say is that i am leslie Kwakupum because that is all i can be but for this god somebody asked him for his name let's appreciate the presence of our mommy and reverend dr jean pierre and his wife our god is so diverse you cannot limit god hallelujah when i'm asked what is my name i'll say i am leslie Kwakupum because that is all i can be but somebody asked god what his name is and what god gave him is what i'll describe as a blank check a blank check is a check that has already been signed and you put in whatever you want and it becomes yours so he said i am that means when you are sick i become jehovah rafa the lord your healer when you are in need i become jehovah jireh the lord your provider when you need direction I become Jehovah Rohi, the Lord your shepherd. 
I pray that God will be everything you need him to be in your life in the name of Jesus so this God is so diverse we cannot limit him we can't limit the spirit of God to just preaching we can't limit the spirit of God to just prophesying these are aspects and manifestations of the spirit of God that we need and desire but today I want us to look at it from another angle hallelujah there have been many times that the spirit of God has come upon people in the Bible and we saw different results one day a man called Elijah the Bible tells us that the hand of the Lord and in the Bible at times the hand of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord are used interchangeably so when we talk about the hand of the Lord we're also talking about the spirit of the Lord so we are told that the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he ran ahead of the king's chariot now I did some research to find out the average speed of a chariot and this particular chariot we are talking about was the chariot of the king of a nation so they must have chosen the top of the range horses the strongest horses the fastest horses and so if it were to be in vehicle terms now this would be probably the top of the range mercedes benz or something but we are told that when the hand of the lord came upon elijah he mustered enough speed in enough velocity enough acceleration for him to be able to overtake this top of the range running machine and i searched for the average speed that a chariot could attain and i compared it to the speed that was attained by usain bolt on i think the 16th of august 2009 in the olympic stadium in berlin when he ran the 100 meters in a time of 9.58 seconds that is the fastest any human being has ever run so i use the little physics i know to calculate the speed at which he must have run that race and i compared it to the average speed of a chariot and by my calculation this is the conclusion i came to if elijah was running against usain bolt that night when the gun goes off or, or, or at the time the gun went off if they had started the race at the same time elijah will finish the race come back and start finish the race come back and start and he will still finish ahead of usain bolt that is what the spirit of the lord can do i pray for divine acceleration in somebody's life wherever there is stagnation wherever things are not moving wherever there is a lack of progress may the spirit of the lord come upon you today and let things begin to accelerate in your business in your dealings in your ministry wherever things are stagnating let the same hand of god come upon you if you believe that is your person shout amen so the spirit of god cannot only be limited to the healing of the sick there were people in the bible with certain anointings but they were not for the pulpit joseph had a clear prophetic gift but he was never named among the prophets his prophetic gift was for an administrative role this is a man who could see dreams and visions about world events if it were in our time would have called him a major prophet because our categorization of prophets is that a major prophet sees world events and a minor prophet only sees 
witches and wizards in people's houses. But you see, those who use the term, those who created the term major prophet and minor prophet, they were categorized according to how much volumes they wrote in the Bible. So that means if our father were to be categorized after writing over 100 books, he would be a major prophet. Hallelujah. What a gift God has given to us. Joseph had a clear gift, but he was never named among the prophets. His role or his gift was for an administrative role. Can you imagine if the minister of agriculture in Ghana had Joseph's gift? What this nation would be. And I'm telling somebody under the sound of my voice that hands have been laid upon you so many times. You are expecting that the laying out of the hands and the pouring of the oil will manifest as you prophesy. But let me shift your mind that maybe for yours, it is for you to be like a Joseph. It's for you to be like a Daniel to walk in the corridors of power and take decisions and change environments. Somebody say the spirit of the Lord. Daniel's role was political. And so I encourage Christians who want to go into politics to go. Because if we leave that arena for the unbelievers, very soon there are laws that will be enacted in the system and the country will not be what it is supposed to be. Christians are running away from politics. Sons and daughters of mine who are interested in politics, I encourage them. I pray for them. I say, you, you, are, you are claiming that the system has been corrupted, but go there as the salt of the earth and change the climate in the place. There are two kinds of believers. The thermometer believer. The thermometer reads the temperature in its environment and adapts to it and reflects the temperature of its environment. But we also have thermostat believers who are temperature regulators. They decide the temperature of the environment they find themselves in. So if you walk in the corridors of power, you can decide that once I am here, there will be no corruption. Once I'm here, there will be no stealing. Once I'm here, we'll exhort the worship of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Somebody say the spirit of the law. We are told about people like Bezalel who were gifted with craftsmanship, skills. It is an anointing. So the anointing is not only for preaching. The anointing is not only for casting out devils. The anointing is not only for prophesying. The anointing is not only for healing the sick. And I want to show you in this brief sermon how the presence of the Spirit of the Lord made a difference in the life of the man called David. We read the scripture that said that from the day that oil was poured upon him, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And this presence of God upon him ensured that his thinking was even different from everybody in the nation of Israel. The Spirit of God can affect how you see things. The Spirit of God can affect what you see as limitations. The Spirit of God can affect what you see as obstacles and what you see as challenges. And so one day, the people of the Philistines, they decided to continue with their chronic intimidation of the people of Israel. 
The Philistines really intimidated the people of Israel. And the people of Israel were intimidated by the Philistines because the Philistines succeeded in putting in place a system that made the people of Israel feel inferior to them. The Bible tells us that the Philistines ensured that there was no blacksmith in the nation of Israel. I don't know how they did it, but that is what we call the system. Somebody say the system. I see some system defiers in the system. I see some people who defy the, the structures that prevent people and limit people in their potential. They ensured that there was no blacksmith in Israel. I don't know what they did, but they succeeded in doing it. And that was one of the reasons why they could intimate, intimidate Israel. And the Bible says that because of that, whenever the people of Israel needed to sharpen their tools, they needed to go to the Philistines. They created a dependency mentality. Let me speak to us as Africans. The system is such that things have been made and you will think if you are not dependent on wealthier countries or you are not dependent on more advanced countries, you cannot make it. Even in the acquiring of certain skills, or even in making it in life. There are people whose destinies are outside the shores of Africa. No two ways about that. They have been planted in developed countries, even though they are from Africa, and God is using them to make an impact. But there are others too, that is not where they are supposed to be. That is not God's plan for their lives. But it is a mentality problem. They feel if they don't go out there, they cannot make it in life. They feel if they don't migrate to a more privileged environment, they cannot make it in life. But because of the spirit of God upon your life, you have this discernment and you will understand the seasons and the times for your life. Hallelujah. They ensured that there was no blacksmith. So they gave them a, a dependency syndrome. And because of that, their weapons were inferior to the weapons of the Philistines. That was the second thing. Their weapons were inferior to the weapons of the Philistines. So while they were using things like wooden swords, etc., the Philistines were using more advanced things. So there was a system of intimidation. There was a system of dependency. So when they brought Goliath to come and stand there to challenge the people of Israel, they put out there the information about the superiority of his weapon. Those measurements they gave of his spear and all of those things, it wasn't the people of Israel who went there and said, Goliath, give me your sword and let me measure it. No, the Philistines put the information out there in order to intimidate the people of Israel. And the people of Israel also caught the bait because instead of concentrating on their strengths, they were concentrating on the strengths of their opponents and were looking at their weaknesses. That is why for 40 days and 40 nights, they were being defied and there was no man in the nation of Israel who could stand up against the giant. 
until a man with the spirit of the Lord came onto the sea. The Bible said David was sent to go to give food to his brothers. When you have the spirit of the Lord upon you, what people see as challenges, you see as opportunities. His brothers were seeing a challenge. His brothers were seeing an unsurmountable task. But he looked and saw an opportunity. He said, what will be done for the man who brings down this Goliath? He said, first of all, you have the daughter of the king as a wife. And then secondly, your entire family will be exempted from taxes. He said, this is a good enough challenge and I'm ready to take it up. I pray that the spirit of the Lord upon you will make you see opportunities where people see challenges. Will make you see stepping stones where others are seeing obstacles. So he went to the king. And by this time, the spirit of God had left Saul. He went to the king and he said, I want an opportunity to come against this guy. The king looked at him. Look at you, small boy. What do you know? You have not even been to the military academy. He said, what do you know? He said, okay, show me your CV. He said, I don't have a CV. But I know one thing, that one day while I was looking after my father's sheep, a bear approached me and took one of the lambs. I chased it, I caught it, I smote it. Another time a lion came and took one of them, I did the same to it. He said, the God that delivered me from the hand of the lion and the God that delivered me from the hand of the bear will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. I came to tell somebody that you have a reference point. There was a certain battle you thought was unsurmountable, but by the Spirit of God upon you, you ran through the truth and you leapt over the walls. There was something that the devil thought he could stop you with, but by the Spirit of God you overcame it. I came here to prophesy to you that that same God that led you out of that financial problem, that same God that delivered you from that accident, that same God that delivered you from the attack of the enemy, will take you through the challenges that are ahead if you believe it shout amen by this time i believe saul raised his head and started looking at the boy he said wow all right let me give you the opportunity saul went and brought his armor and he said small boy I'm doing you the honor of giving you the garments of the commander-in-chief of Israel's armed forces. To wear. But David looked at the thing. He tried it on. He said, sir, this thing is oversized. Because the Bible said from shoulder upwards there was no man like Saul. Saul was too tall. This thing was too big for him. He said, sir, I beg your pardon. I like the honor. But I have some old ragged tools. I have something that God had trained me with. The Bible said he teaches my hands to war. It was God's military academy that he attended. And there is not about armor. He said, just allow me. Just allow me. He said, okay. Go. Goliath saw 
saw the little boy he said ah you people are jokers you know who i am undefeated champion but you see the end result of your battle depends on how you see the battle everybody else was seeing goliath and seeing a giant everybody else was seeing goliath and seeing an undefeated warrior everybody was seeing goliath and seeing a man who cannot be beaten but in david's mind because of the spirit of the lord upon him he wasn't seeing a giant he wasn't seeing an unbeatable man all he saw was an uncircumcised philistine you are not a product of what life has thrown to you you are a product of how you have reacted to what life has thrown at you the difference between david and the rest of the people of israel was a reaction they reacted with fear they reacted with trepidation they reacted with trembling but this man looked at the challenge in the face and said i am coming against you and you are coming down i pray for that davidic audacity to be imparted into somebody's life this morning in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god and today the crux of my message is that i want to prove to you that in that battle goliath was actually the underdog we always see the scripture and we see that david was the underdog the one more unlikely to win the battle but today i want to turn that around hallelujah i will prove it to you from the military angle and i'll also prove it to you from the medical angle goliath was the underdog today may god open your eyes to see that there is something you find intimidating but it's not that intimidating there is something you find impossible but it is not that impossible because by the spirit of god upon you all things are possible things are possible first of all let me start from the medical end i've examined the scriptures i've done my analysis some of the things i'll say in the terms if you don't understand just say mm, mm, mm. we are fine to go hallelujah you see goliath was a very sick man he was sick. What Goliath was suffering from is an overproduction of a hormone we call the growth hormone. The growth hormone is produced by a certain gland in the brain called the pituitary gland. And so sometimes when you develop a tumor of that gland, you oversecrete the growth hormone. So you become oversized. And this growth hormone problem, it is called acromegaly. Say acromegaly. You see, when you hear mega, it means big. I'm breaking it down for you. Acromegaly. That was a disease Goliath was suffering from. And there are two types of that disease. We have the familial type, which is a genetic one. And then we have the acquired type. That one, you are not born with it. It doesn't run through families. And the genetic type is more serious. The, the symptoms are more severe. They appear earlier in life. 
And I believe Goliath had the genetic type. Why? Because he had four other brothers with the same problem. To the extent that one of them even had six fingers. And there are many complications that come with this sickness. One of them is that they can have very bad high blood pressure. They can have very bad diabetes. They can have very high cholesterol levels. They can have very bad nerve problems. But I won't go into those ones. I'll just focus on the eye problems that they have. The eye problems. There are two things that can happen to their eyes. The first one is that because of the oversecretion of this hormone, there's a certain muscle in the eye called the lateral rectus. And because of this hormone problem, this muscle becomes too big. So it doesn't function the way it's supposed to function. And the result of that muscle not functioning well is that when you see things, you see them too too. It's called diplopia. You see things too too. And there is a second condition. I told you that this condition manifests as a tumor in the pituitary gland which is in the brain. Now when the pituitary gland swells up, it presses a certain nerve that is responsible for eyesight. And so what happens is that, you see your eye is like a ball that is inside your eyeball. What happens is that only half of that ball can see. So on both sides, you can't see half to the extreme side and half to the other side. So it results in tunnel vision. So you can't see things on your sides. It's a medical term called bitemporal hemianopia. Somebody say Goliath was a sick man. Tunnel vision. And for me, the evidence that that man, they couldn't trust his eyesight was the fact that they made somebody hold the shield for him. Most warriors will hold their own shield and block and run. But the guy, anything coming from the side, he couldn't see well. So they had to employ somebody whose job was to see the arrows and to block them for him. And I will show you from the scriptures too that this guy had the diplopia I'm talking about. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 40. Give me the New King James Version. 1 Samuel 17 verse 40. It said, then he took his staff in his hand. Say staff. That means one staff, right? And the staff is a stick. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand. And he drew near the Philistine. So staff, one, one stick. Now let's go to the same first Samuel chapter 17, but this time verse 43. And see how Goliath reported what he was seeing. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with what? Do you see the plural there? While the man had only one, because of the diplopia that he had, he was seeing more than one sick. Today I came to tell somebody that that thing that intimidates you, that thing that you think is impossible, that 
thing that you think is above you is nothing if you believe it shout amen from a military point of view you realize that you see when it comes to military there are, there are three sections we have what we call the infantry that is foot soldiers they fight man to man sword to sword and then we have the cavalry they are the horsemen and then we have the artillery they stand afar and they use bows and arrows and slingshots to hit the enemy you realize here that the strength of goliath was in hand-to-hand combat infantry but anybody who is skilled in military warfare knows that when you know that you are not strong on the ground the answer is artillery stand afar don't go near the man shoot and kill but you see the people of israel instead of looking at their strengths they were looking at the strength of the opponent and because of that they were intimidated they were feeling inferior israel has a strong history and culture for artillery especially when it comes to the tribe of benjamin it was like a culture among the people of benjamin you know in ghana there are certain cultures that are with certain ethnic groups for example you can't cook wache better than somebody from the north we in Accra, if we are looking for watcher, you are looking for some anti-memuna or something. You are not looking for Nadole or some, somebody to cook it for you. In the same way, you can't cook okra soup better than an Ewe woman. They will use just two fingers of okra, but the way they will get it, it's an anointing and a grace God has put on the tribe. In the same way too, you can't cook Kenke better than my people, the girl people. You can do whatever you can. You will never be the same. of the tribe of Benjamin had a culture for slingshots. That's why we are told in Judges chapter 20 verse 16 that in the camp of the Israelites they had 700 left-handed Benjamites. They could sling a shot and a hair breath. That is how accurate they were. We are told again that there were some ambidextrous Benjamites skilled with the bow and the arrow and the slingshot they had the men in their midst who could take down goliath in fact i believe that the man most suited from a physical point of view to have confronted goliath was saul himself why because saul was a giant in his own right from his shoulders upwards there was nobody like him number two saul was the commander in chief of the armed forces if somebody is standing there and they are calling him their champion, as a commander-in-chief, you should also be a champion and show up. But number three is the fact that Saul also came from the tribe of Benjamin. But you see, he would have lost that fight if it had gone because he was putting on armor to go and stand in front of Goliath to fight to the strength of Goliath. But I pray that God will give somebody discernment you work on your strengths instead of looking at some other person's strength and feeling inferior look at your strengths work on your strengths and become a legend in that area
The devil has messed with our minds for too long. I believe that 80 to 90% of spiritual warfare is against the mind. If I ask you to quote a scripture on spiritual warfare, many people will say, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down what? Imaginations. And it even goes on to say that bringing every thought to the captivity of Christ. The devil messes with our minds. He operates and, and ministers discouragement to us in our minds. He makes us feel inferior even when we have things we should be proud about in our life. I came to challenge somebody, look at your strengths. Stop looking at the strengths of other people. Concentrate on what God has given to you. We can't all be gifted the same. Look, it's not everybody who can become a professor. It doesn't mean God didn't give you anything. It is because the system, the educational system, say the system. The system has been created such that it is those who are gifted with the ability to keep information and reproduce it who are considered as the best in school. But that is just one of the skills God can give a person. Look, if we, our educational system were to be such that you are judged by how you can use your hands, I'm telling you the professor will be the one who will be the dropout. But you see, in spite of the system, I see some system defiers in the system. People who look at the system in the face and say that this is what God has gifted me. I will work on what God has given unto me and I'll become a pro in that area. Somebody say the spirit of the law. Stop feeling inferior because somebody has gone to, to school more than you. And I realized that when we feel inferior and we are looking down upon ourselves, there are other people who are looking at us and admiring us and wishing they had what you had. I always tell a story of a young lady. She was admiring somebody, another lady who had been to school and blah, blah, blah. But the lady too was admiring her for the fact that when she cuts her hair, it grows fast. She, when she cuts her hair, she has to fast and pray and believe God for the hair to grow. The one that God gifted with a bit of body wants to be slim. And the one that is slim wants to be big. So what is the definition of beauty? Beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. I challenge somebody today that you were beautifully, wonderfully created by God. Our God is too creative to create an ugly thing. If you believe you are an apogee of the creation of, the creation of God, shout a big amen. Stop looking down upon yourself. Stop looking down upon yourself. That was the problem with the people of Israel. But thank God there was a man called David who had the spirit of God upon him. So when Goliath saw him, he made a monumental error. What was that error? The Bible said he cursed David by his gods. 
and error. Because the moment he opened his mouth to curse David by his cause, I don't know how he did it. Maybe it was by an incantation. Maybe it was by a spell. Maybe it was by some magic words he recited. Let's appreciate our father as he enters the building. Maybe it was by some magic words that he spoke. But that moment, he uttered those words. The battle turned from a battle between David and Goliath to a battle between the God of David and the God of Goliath. Somebody I came to tell you today that our advantage as Christians is in the realm of the spirit. When you are not able to navigate things in the realm of the physical, take the battle into the realm of the spirit. That is our home turf. That is our home ground. was a battle between the God of David and the God of Goliath. No more David versus Goliath. It was God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob against Dagon or whoever it was. I see God taking over your battles in the name of Jesus. The burdens that you cannot carry, the Lord Elohim himself is coming down to fight with you. Thank God David didn't accept Saul's armor. A lot of people are failing in life because they are fighting in other people's armor. You want to dance somebody's dance. You want to be like somebody by force. When God hasn't graced you in that direction. In ministry, be who God has called you to be. If you have been called to teach, teach the word. If you've been called to preach, preach the word. If you've been called to win souls, win the souls. Don't fight in another man's armor. You are not having resource in ministry because you are being who you have not been called to be. There are people who are in ministry and they are not happy because they are looking at other people's strengths and looking down upon themselves. So David took the sling and I believe he rolled it a number of times. Aimed at Goliath. Shot the sling and it hit him in the forehead. Looking at the armor Goliath was wearing, David literally had only one chance. Imagine if he had failed. The kind of wind that would have passed by Goliath's ears. The guy realized that, hey, if I joke, this guy will kill me. He would have rushed on David and torn him apart. I see somebody here. You have just one chance at something. But I prophesy to you that you will not fail. You will hit your target in the name of Jesus. That thing hit Goliath in his head. And the Bible said it broke into his car. What a force. But you see, here comes another miracle. With that kind of force that was strong enough to break his car, you would expect that at least it would throw his head backwards. Goliath being a giant, by the little physics I know, had a very high center of gravity. You see, those with high center of gravity, they don't have a lot of balance. Those of us who are tall, 
we can't that's why cristiano ronaldo cannot dribble like messi messi's distance from the ground is not much so he can do some turns and some skills that cristiano ronaldo cannot do those of you who saw maradona the kind of things the guy was this tall it's because he had a low center of gravity the things those people do when some of us attempt it will be down flat <laughs> we'll be down flat Goliath with the high center of gravity you would expect that when the thing hit him with his head being flung backwards Goliath by all the physics in this world should have fallen backwards but the Bible said he fell on his face and that was because there was an invisible hand in that battle when Goliath made the mistake of cursing him by his cause Jehovah El Gibor himself came and stood in the battle. There was an invisible hand. I came to tell somebody today that when you are weak, when you are weary, know that there is a certain invisible hand that is fighting your battles for you. Even human beings, when they wave their hands, there was a day Cristiano Ronaldo in a press conference he just pushed aside a bottle of coca-cola that same instance coca-cola shares dropped by three billion dollars when i saw that video and the lord ministered to me he said imagine what happens when i move my hand if that is cristiano ronaldo a mere mortal i see the hand of god shifting something in your direction if you believe that is your shout amen There was an invisible hand. That battle had the signature of El Gibor on it. How do I know that? There was a day the God of the Philistines was placed in front of the God, in, in front of the Ark of the Covenant, which carried the presence of God. You see, the battle between David and Goliath, I see it in, in two rounds. The first round, Goliath fell on his face, and the second round, his head was off. The day they went to place the ark in front of Dagon, the first day they came, Dagon was on his face flat. The second day they came, Dagon's head was gone. And it was the same thing that was being replicated in the battle between David and Goliath because that battle was not a battle between David and Goliath, but a battle between the God of David and the God of Goliath. Today, I recommend that hand of God upon your life. May that hand of God move things in your direction. May that hand of God cause you to break limitations in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just as the Spirit of God came upon David and he saw opportunities where others saw challenges. I pray that the grace of God and the Spirit of God upon you will make you begin to see yourself as God created you. Not as what the enemy has ministered to you. May every form of inferiority complex be a thing of the past in your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I went to an autopsy room one day, post-mortem, and there was a brain of a Caucasian and a brain of a black man. And the professor asked, can you tell which one is the black 
And which one is the white? We couldn't. They are the same. The difference is how you see yourself. The difference is how you perceive yourself. The difference is how you see the challenges that confront you. But I pray that by the spirit of God that is upon you, like David, you will see yourself as God wants you to see yourself. I see the hand of God moving somebody's life. I see the hand of God shift things in somebody's life. I see the hand of God catapult somebody from the backside of the desert and place you upon a throne. If you believe that is your portion, shout amen. To conclude, David is one of the most celebrated people in the Bible. And that was because he understood his relationship with God. He understood his calling. He understood who he was. And my prayer for us today is that we will see ourselves as God sees us. We will not see ourselves as grasshoppers in front of the giants that the enemy brings into our lives. May God raise saviors in this place today. Saviors who will save families. Saviors who will save towns. Saviors who will save nations. And I thank God that in this house we have a clear example of such. In our Father. Defying the odds. Defying the Goliaths. Soldiering on and forging on. And I pray that those of us who are connected to this anointing, that that same grace will fall upon us in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I see you defeating every giant in your life. I see you defeating every Goliath in your life. Anything the enemy sends to confront you, in the name of Jesus, we declare that you are victorious. Just lift up your voice and begin to pray for the next two minutes. Lift up your voice, let me hear you. Reketene menebaha. Latika masona matakapa. Labara bara 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 basone I want us to pray this last prayer. You are declaring that any limitation that has been drawn for me, family limitations, by the blood of Jesus, I'm erasing it in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Today you are recalibrating your limits. 
and you are declaring that mental limits are broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Spiritual limits are broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Family Jesus. limits are broken in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And I feel in my spirit that when you pray this prayer, God will usher you to another level. Lift Amen. up your voice and begin to pray right now. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and begin to pray.
Everybody put your hands together for the Lord. Can I please have some envelopes? Can I have some envelopes? Today, I want you to sow a seed. And this is a seed for breaking limitations. And today, I'm not going to mention any figure, but what you are going to give must be a limit-breaking seed. Hallelujah. You must stretch yourself and break some limits. Anybody who wants to do this, just come and take this envelope from my hand. I'm sowing the seed into this ministry. Thank you, man of God. Thank you, man of God. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, mommy. God bless you. By this seed, you are breaking limitations. You are ending negative cycles. God bless you. May every limitation in your life be broken by the seed in the mighty name of Jesus.
take out your offering. Let's take out your offering. You can continue singing. Take out your offering. Can we have the offering basket? We worship you today and give you all the praise as we lift our hands to you with pleasure in So wherever you are, just look at the basket. Just place your offering in the basket. Facebook page, the Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed.